Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 24. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. And beginning in verse 27, can y'all read it with me? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So what we have here, ladies and gentlemen, we have two disciples heading to a village. The village is called Emmaus. And they are on the road to Emmaus. In verse 18, as we just read, we know one of them, his name is Cleopas. The other, we don't know his name. In 1 Corinthians 15, if you read that in your own time, it tells us that after Jesus rose from the grave, he appeared to 500 people. Did y'all know that? Post-resurrection, Jesus appeared to 500 people. Make no mistake, he is risen from the grave. So he appears to 500 people. Now, we don't have all of those stories, but we do have this one, which is the longest post-resurrection story in the New Testament. So these guys are on the road to Emmaus, seven miles northwest of Jerusalem. And they're walking and they're talking and probably every step they take is heavy because they're disappointed, because they feel hopeless and in despair because Jesus is dead to them. Now, keep in mind, For three years, they've been following Jesus, and it was costly. They've been investing their time, their talent, their treasures into his ministry. Their families may have been alienated from them. They thought he was going to bring freedom, particularly from Rome. They thought he was going to bring prosperity and salvation, but then he was beaten and crucified and died and buried, and the one they trusted in is gone, and the one they placed their faith in is gone, and the one that they put their hope in is gone, and so they're feeling hopeless and helpless. Now, I want to note something here. We know the name, as I pointed out, we know the name of one of the disciples in verse 18. His name is Cleopas. We do not know the name of the second person. We are not told who they are. Now, from Children's Church, are you listening? From Children's Church, Vacation Bible School, Sunday School, we've all been led to believe that the other disciple is a man. I know as I was coming up as a child and coming through in the many years actually of studying and reading the Bible, I always assumed and believed that this other disciple was a man. But that may not be the case. Turn in your Bibles, hold your finger right here and turn to John chapter 19. John chapter 19. That may not be the case. Could be a woman. John chapter 19. Or we know that women were the last at the cross when he died and the first at the tomb 
Women were always involved in the ministry of Jesus. Look at verse 25. John 19, verse 25. You looking at it? Say amen. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister and Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. So saints, listen, it is possible that this second person is Mrs. Clopas. We don't know, but wouldn't that be really cool if this husband and wife are making their way back to Jerusalem and they're talking about the things that happened and she says, honey, don't you remember? Oh man, was that trip a trip? I mean, man, did you see when they put the beam on him and yeah, I saw that honey and man, they, they, they had a rope around his leg and they pulled it and he fell under the beam and Oh, it was just terrible, honey, the way they treated Jesus. Did you see that? Yeah. And then they put him up on the cross and, and they nailed him and it was awful. And people were mocking him as this, possibly this couple is walking back to Jerusalem, having a conversation. Listen, this is a freebie for you because I didn't give this at first and second. But this word conversation in the Greek language means to throw back and forth. It means to throw back and forth. Now, we don't know. Maybe they were throwing back and forth in loud fellowship. They were husband and wife. Y'all know how that goes. When my husband and wife's ass, hey, amen. We don't know, but they were going back and forth in a conversation, talking about what had happened as they make their way home. So while they're talking, Jesus, verse 15, get this, I love it. Jesus draws near. You know what? Listen, Jesus draws near every time people fellowship and talk about him. Jesus draws near when we get together and we pray. Man, you know what? After second service, a lady came up to me and she was telling me that her husband was on the road right now and he's headed home. His mother has uh, the uh, second, four, uh, fourth stage cancer, I think, or whatever. And, and, and she uh, just wanted to tell me that we were standing out right out here by the sign. She was standing on one side of the sign and I was standing on the other side of the sign. And I was just leaning on his side and holding her hand. And, and we started praying. And right there between services, in that hot weather, I felt the presence of the Lord. Just as I prayed for her husband, prayed for his mom, who's very sick. And God always draws near when his kids are fellowshipping. Nothing makes a father's heart happier than to hear his kids talking about him. Isn't that true, dads? You know, like, like my kids do all the time. <laughs> Often. I, I hear them. They're sitting around, they're going, oh, I just love dad. <laughs> dad is so awesome, you know. Every day of the year should be Father's Day. <laughs> dad is so cool. He is the coolest dad. And I'm listening. I'm going, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But it does make your heart happy. Have you ever heard your kids? I don't know if you've ever heard, or maybe you've heard them saying other stuff. I don't know. And, uh, but you've ever heard your kids just talking about you, maybe your, your family or whatever. Nothing makes your heart happier than to hear your children 
and, and, and fellowshipping together and seeing your children. You know, it was John who said that there's no greater joy for him than to know that his children walk in truth. That they're walking in truth, that they're walking in fellowship. So they're walking down the road. And get this picture in your mind's eye, saints. Listen, get the picture. They're walking down the road. Jesus just appears out of thin air, maybe from right behind them. They were maybe walking like right here. And maybe just one step behind, Jesus just appeared. Out of thin air, took a step forward, and just kept walking in step with them and looks over at them and says, hey, what you guys talking about? He just showed up. What you guys talking about? And they're like, what? What do you mean? What are we talking about? Don't you know what's been going on around here? I mean, haven't you heard? Mark tells us when Jesus appeared that he appeared in a different form. But listen, nonetheless, he appeared in a body. Listen to me, saints. He appeared in a body that could be seen, a body that could be touched, a body that could be hugged. He appeared in a physical body. Now, I tell you that because During the time um, that John was writing, uh, there was a heresy in the church. There's always some weird doctrine going through the church, always in every age and every century. And in the first century, there was a weird heresy going on, going, being taught in the church called the Gnostic heresy. If you're taking notes, Gnostic is G-N-O-S-T-I-C. G-N-O-S-T-I-C, Gnostic, we have the Greek word gnoskos. Gnoskos means to have knowledge. It means to, to know. The Gnostics claim to have super knowledge. The Gnostics taught that all matter was evil, only spirit things can be good. The Gnostics were teaching that when Jesus, listen to this, when Jesus rose from the dead, that he was a ghost. In other words, he didn't have a physical body. Y'all getting my point? That he didn't have a physical body. This is what they taught. They said that they had eyewitness accounts and reports published in the National Enquirer that when Jesus walked on the beach, that he didn't leave footprints. And John wrote 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. I've got it for you on the screen. This is why John wrote this verse. He said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. John wrote that to refute, first John is a letter to refute the Gnostic heresy. Because they were saying when Jesus rose that he didn't even leave footprints. Nobody ever saw him eat. And John says, wait a minute, we were eyewitnesses. We saw it, we know for a fact, we've seen it with our own eyes. We've handled him with our hands. He had a physical body. Then you say to me, Rodney, what's the big deal? Well, listen, the big deal is this. If Jesus didn't have a physical body, then he didn't receive physical stripes and he didn't bleed tangible blood and he didn't die a physical death. And if that didn't happen, then you're not saved. That is why when you are talking about Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, it is very important that you say he rose from the grave 
physically, bodily, he rose from the grave. Because there are some people who believe that he rose from the grave as a ghost. Are you getting me? This is very, very important. John says, no, 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 no. Our eyes have seen him. Our hands have touched him. We've handled him the word of life. Now, in verses 17 through 24, we got to move on. Jesus walks up and he says, what you guys talking about? Why so sad? Cleopas said, what? Have you not heard what's going on around here? Are you a stranger? Haven't you heard about the things? And then in verse 19, I love it. And Jesus said, what things? I love that. Jesus said, what things? Now, did Jesus know about, listen to me, look at me. Did Jesus know about what was going on in Jerusalem? I wonder, did he know? Uh, Yeah, he knew. Why? Because it happened to him. So he knew, but Jesus was just, you know, People, you know, people are very, very serious about the scriptures. Honestly, I, I, I honestly think Jesus had a great sense of humor. Can somebody say amen if you agree with that? I honestly believe Jesus loved to have fun, and here he's having fun with them. Because they're like, oh, what? Well, if you got your head in the sand, I mean, haven't you heard about what's going on? Jesus said, what things? You know, I've done that a time or two. I'd be out about in town, and... Uh, so I might be talking to somebody, and they'll say, oh, well, you're a Christian, you're a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, we're both Christians. We're talking about the things, and yeah, we've been looking for a church, and, and you know, I say, really? Have you you've been looking around? What churches have you, have, have you visited? I never tell them I'm a pastor in Calvary Chapel, nothing. I just say, well, I'm just, you know, what church have you visited? Oh, well, we visited around, we visited a church, just a couple weeks ago, we visited Calvary Chapel, Carrie. I go, oh, really? What'd you think? And they go, oh, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they go all into it and tell me what they thought and so on and so forth. I'm going, really? Oh, wow, 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 mm, wow. <laughs> and then they go, well, what do you do? What are you, you in ministry? Yeah, yeah, I'm in ministry. I'm in ministry. What do you do? Oh, I'm a pastor. Oh, really? What church? Calvary Chapel, Carrie. <laughs> Have a little fun. I don't make it a habit. I've told you before, I don't make it a habit of telling people I'm a pastor. People have even said to me, I don't look like a pastor, which I don't know what a pastor looks like. uh, You know, what does a pastor look like? I don't know. But they said to me, I don't look like a pastor. I remember this one time. I've told you this story before a while ago that I was uh, at the gym and and I was in in the sauna. And, you know, when you get in that hot, dry room, nothing to do. You just sit in there. You know, you're just sweating and sweating. It's hot. Just Today, you can just go outside and do the same thing. Just sit on the curb and sweat. <laughs> well, this one time I was in the sauna, and I'm just sitting there, you know, and this guy walks in, and, you know, you, you know when you're in the sauna, you guy walks in, you look at him, and you go, hey, how you doing, hey, hey, you know. And when, you, when you speak, fellas, you know what I'm talking about. When you speak to somebody in the sauna, you do not shake hands. <laughs> Say amen, brothers. I ain't shaking no hand now. Don't go there. But you just kind of go like this. Here you go. Hey, hey. How you doing, man? What's going on? Yeah, everything right? You look like you got something. You got something. A little tick. 
So I'm talking to this one guy, and, 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 and we got to talking about stuff, and, and this guy, he just, I don't know what his problem was, but he was just going on and on. I'm telling you, this man was cussing up a storm, y'all. He was cussing that man. Every other word was blanking it, blank, blank, and that, 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 that blanking it, blank, 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 beep, blanking it, blank, 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 blanking it, blank, and I'm listening to him. I'm going, oh, and he's beep, beep, blanking it, like, oh, blanking it, blank, 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 ow. He probably wanted, he probably think I got James Brown. I'm like, ow! Mmm, man, ooh, that word. Whoa, ooh, ow. And he's going on and on and on, blank and blank, 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 blank. So he finally got around to ask me what I did for a living. He said, So what do you do for a living? I said, Oh, I'm a pastor. He goes, Oh, blank! <laughs> you did it again! I don't tell people. I'm just having a little fun. Jesus was just having a little fun here, people. So he goes, what things? Because what he's actually doing is he's trying to, listen, he wants to hear the depth of their heart. And he wants to hear the depth of their hurt. And they go on to talk about Jesus, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, but the religious folks delivered him to be condemned to die. But we were hoping, they said, that he would redeem Israel. But it's been three days. And Jesus is listening as they go on to tell him the story of what happened in verse 24. As the women went to the tomb and they didn't find him, they seem like they're in doubt and despair. In verse 25 through 27, notice the first words out of Jesus' mouth are words of rebuke. Did you get that? Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. The first words, get this, out of the mouths of the angels at the tomb were words of rebuke. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Jesus is rebuking them, saying, you guys don't understand the Old Testament. Jesus is saying, I spent three years teaching you guys, and I told you that I'm here on a mission. The mission is the cross. I told you that I would be handed over. I told you that I'd be crucified. I told you in three days I would rise again. Over and over and over again, I told you, Jesus is saying, you should have read and believed the scriptures. Now listen, when the Bible talks about the scriptures, the Bible is talking about the first five books of the Old Testament. The Bible's talking about Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now listen, when a Jew studied the scriptures, they loved the passages about the Messiah coming and the glorious king ruling and reigning, but they missed the central message. They missed the message, the passages, and the message about the Messiah who needs to suffer. And it's through that suffering that man receives the forgiveness of sins. They miss that in verse 27. So from the beginning, look at verse 27. So from the beginning at Moses and all the prophets, major and minor, Jesus expounded. That word expounded literally in the Greek language means to interpret a foreign language. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? To interpret a foreign, he expounded to them all the scriptures of the things concerning himself. Are you guys getting this? Jesus sits down and he starts teaching a Bible study from the Old Testament, pointing to himself and what I wouldn't give to have a CD copy of that Bible study. 
Can you imagine Jesus is sitting there and he says to him, he says, remember the Passover lamb. He says, remember the blood on the doorpost and the lintel that formed the cross? And then if people, as the angel of death would fly over the house, if they looked down and they saw the blood, people were saved. Jesus would say to them, as he interpreted and expounded the scriptures, he would say, that was a picture of me. And, and, as, and as, as they were uh, traveling in the, in the wilderness and water came from a rock, Jesus would say, that was a picture of me. I'm the living water. John chapter 7, Jesus stood on the stairs of the temple and he said, if any man will come after me, is thirsty and come after me, I'll give him water and he'll never thirst again. I'll give him living water and it will flow from him. Torrents of living water will flow from him. Jesus would say, that rock in the wilderness was a picture of me. Y'all getting this? I love it. And he would say the lamb, remember the lamb in the temple and the offer lamb, that lamb that was slain, that was a picture of me. Imagine Jesus teaching Isaiah 53. Imagine Jesus teaching Isaiah 53, for he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Imagine Jesus teaching that Bible study about himself. And I hope that you are not one of those people that say, oh, I don't like the Old Testament. It's boring. I hope you're not one of those people who say, oh, the Old Testament. We don't need to read the Old Testament. Listen, we need to read the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, you will find Jesus. And if you do not see Jesus when you are reading the Old Testament, you are reading it wrong. Because Jesus is in every single book of the Old Testament. I can imagine Jesus sitting there teaching about himself from the Old Testament and the Bible study. Listen, it sounds something like this. I'm the seed of the woman back in Genesis. Remember that? And I'm the Passover lamb of Exodus. And I'm the anointed high priest of Leviticus. And I'm the brazen serpent in the book of Numbers. And in the book of Deuteronomy, I'm the great rock in the wilderness. I'm the captain of the Lord of hosts of Joshua. I'm the messenger of the Lord of judges. In the book of Ruth, I'm the kinsman redeemer. In 1 Samuel, I'm the great judge. In 2 Samuel, I'm the seed of David. I'm the Lord God of Israel of 1 Kings. I'm the God of the cherubim in 2 Kings. I'm the God of our salvation in 1 Chronicles. I'm the God of our fathers in 2 Chronicles. In Ezra, I'm the Lord of heaven and earth. I'm the covenant-keeping God of Nehemiah. In Esther, the God of providence. In Job, I'm the returning redeemer. I'm the good shepherd of the Psalms. I'm the wisdom of God in Proverbs. I'm the one above the sun in Ecclesiastes. In the Song of Solomon, I am altogether lovely. I'm the virgin born Emmanuel of Isaiah. I'm the branch of righteousness of Jeremiah. I'm the compassionate one of Lamentations. I'm the Lord is there of Ezekiel. I'm the stone cut without hands of Daniel. I'm the king of the resurrection in Hosea. I'm the God of the battle of Joel. I'm the plumb line of Amos. I'm the destroyer of the proud of Obadiah. I'm the risen prophet of Jonah. I'm the Bethlehem born of Micah. 
I'm the bringer of good tidings of Nahum. I'm the anointed of Habakkuk. I'm the king of Israel, of Zephaniah. I'm the desire of all nations of Haggai. I'm the branch of Zechariah. And I am the son of righteousness of Malachi. You see, every single book in the Bible in the Old Testament speaks of Jesus Christ. Is that right? It's right there. And keep in mind, get this, keep in mind, these guys still do not know that this is Jesus. They're probably thinking, man, you sure do know the Bible. Woo, you know the scriptures. They do not know that it's Jesus. Listen, next week, get here. You got to get here. Because next week, Jesus is going to open their eyes and they're going to see post-resurrection Jesus. And as soon as they see him, read ahead. I'm not telling you anything's not already there. Read ahead. As soon as they see him, he disappears. Just like that. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.